Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, for, for being able to gather here, Lord, and sing praises to you, Lord, and worship you. And for being able to hear your word, Lord. And we just pray that you would just move and, and that your word would speak to us, Lord, and that it would, you would just, that your will would be done through it, Lord, and your will would be done in this service, Lord, and you would move as, as you need to, Father. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as we look at this, as we look at this psalm, um, there are four things that I would like for us to, to look at in this psalm. And, and we'll do a little flipping, so uh, just bear with me on that. Um, if you want to turn, that's fine. If not, then that's okay too. Um, the first thing that I'd like for us to see in this psalm is that King David prays for God's grace in his time of suffering. If you look at verses 1 through 3, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Um, in verse 1, he prays that the Lord would not rebuke him in anger or discipline him in wrath. This is important. Notice, he doesn't pray that the Lord would not discipline him at all, but that he would do so out of love. We need the Lord's discipline, just like a child needs his parents' discipline. Um, you know, I can look back when I was a kid and, you know, be thankful for the time my parents and my grandparents, my grandmother sitting right there, um, told me no, disciplined me, however they did that. I can appreciate that. Um, you know, then I might have been a little bit upset, aggravated, mad, might have even thrown a temper tantrum. Um, but... You know, now I looking back, I appreciate that because they did it in love and it made me a better person. Um, so, you know, I, I wasn't happy with it then, but I'm thankful for it now. Um, and it makes me love and honor them and respect them more today. If, if Not that I didn't love or honor and respect them then, but I really appreciate it now. Um, and in Hebrews book of Hebrews in the Bible, chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. The writer of Hebrews says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. So brothers, sisters, there's going to be times when the Lord disciplines us. And when he does, let us remember this passage right here and let's hold fast to that and trust that the Lord will see us through and that through that when we come out of that discipline that the Lord will, will make us stronger Christians at the end of it. Um. The second, the second thing we see in this part in verses 2 and 3 um, about the prayer for God's grace is, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? 
In verses 2 and 3, we see how extreme is his suffering, that even his bones ache. Whatever he's going through, whether it be sickness or, or, or suffering for sin or, or, or whatever else, he's, hurt, he's suffering so much that his bones are aching. Um, suffering at the very core of his being. Um, and so much so that even his soul is troubled. But notice the first part of verse 2. Be gracious to me, O Lord. King David realizes that his only hope is in the graciousness of God. This is very important for us as well when we go through times of extreme suffering. We have to throw ourselves on the mercy of God and rest in His grace. Um, he's a holy, infinite, almighty God and a gracious God. It says in Exodus 34, 6, it says, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. We serve a, a gracious, merciful, compassionate God, a holy God, and He will be with us through whatever struggles we may face. And we have to rest our hope in that. The second thing that King David prays for is God's deliverance. Oh, we see this in verses 4 through 7. Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death... There is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. We look at verse 4. Notice it says, Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. King David knew that his only hope was in the Lord, his God. Even in his suffering and grief, he trusted in the Lord to deliver him. And today for us, our only hope is in God. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, hold fast to Christ. If you have never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, then I urge you to today. To turn from your sins and trust in Jesus. Because if you don't repent and believe on Him, the suffering you face now here on earth will seem like a cakewalk compared to eternity separated from God in hell. So if you don't know Jesus, trust in Him. It's the only way. He's our only hope. And with that being said, my friends, let's rest in the salvation we have in Christ. If we're saved, let's rest in that salvation. That is the important thing, the most important thing. The third thing that we see here is King David's confidence in the Lord for his deliverance. In verses 8 through 10. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. For the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. 
The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be greatly, or all my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Notice the confidence that that David, even in this time of suffering and whatever he's going through, notice the confidence that he has in God. Um, The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. Um, You know, my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. David has faith in God. King David trusted God to come through for him in this time of suffering. And we can have that same confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ today. In Romans 8, and you know a New City sermon can't, we can't make it through one without going to Romans 8, so here we go. But this is a wonderful passage and, and I guess we'll be there till, till Christ comes again or bring, takes us home one. If we look at verse 31 through the end of the chapter, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, In all these things, we are more than conquerors. That's so important. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's our hope. And in that hope, we are more than conquerors because of Christ. Um, and the fourth thing that I want us to see this morning is that we have a mediator in the Lord Jesus Christ who we can be absolutely confident in. As King David was confident in the Lord for his deliverance, we can be absolutely confident in Jesus to save us to the uttermost And it is in this salvation that we must rest and trust. Um, Growing up in the 1990s, uh, I remember a song um, by a lady named Joan Osborne. Some of y'all might remember it. I don't know. Um, It was one of those one-hit wonders. Uh, The name of the song was called One of Us. Uh, Some of the lyrics I probably wasn't so impressed with, but... Um, she does ask a very good question in this song. And the chorus went something like, what if God was one of us? 
just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? You know, that's a good question. What if God was one of us? But you know what? We have the answer right here in the Bible. God was one of us indeed. We see in, in, in uh, Colossians um, that he is the image of the invisible God. Uh, it says in uh, verse 15, Colossians 1, 1 verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And in Hebrews, it says in chapter 4, verse 14, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Y'all, the Lord Jesus came to this earth. He lived, he died, he rose again, and now he sits at the right hand of God. And he intercedes for us in prayer. As it says here, he has been tempted like us. He has not sinned. He suffered on the cross. He, he identifies with our suffering. And he is there to intercede for us. He is the perfect high priest. So let us be confident when we go before the Lord in prayer. And then we turn over to Hebrews chapter 7. We'll read uh, verses 22 through 27. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is able to save to the uttermost. All of us, anybody, no matter what we've done or haven't done. Um, he is able to save the, us to the uttermost, those of us that have drawn near to him. If you have trusted Jesus for your salvation, then, then continue to cling to him. Rest in him. Rest in that salvation. And he will hold you fast. And if you have never trusted in Jesus Christ, then once again, repent of your sins, turn from your sins, put your faith in Jesus, believe the good news that Jesus Christ saves sinners like me and you, and trust Him.
And in closing, I'd like to quote one of my favorite old hymns. You know, as I was preparing this message and reading these scriptures, this song came to my mind. And oftentimes songs do. I love music. And songs always pop in my head. And sometimes I like to just read the lyrics of the song. It helps you to really just focus on what you're singing and, and, and just see the truth and the beauty of the lyrics. So I want to take a minute, and I was going to just read one verse, but that's, what's fun in that? So we're going to read the whole, the whole lyrics. And just let these lyrics speak to you. Um, the song is on Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. If, if anybody spent much time in Baptist churches, and I don't know, probably a lot of other churches sing these songs too, you know this song. But let's just focus on these lyrics. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. The chorus, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come, with trumpet sound, O oh, may I then in him be found. In him my righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. And then the course again. We skip the course through the rest, but we'll read it one more time. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And like the song we sang earlier, before I got up here, Christ is a sure and steady anchor. And with that, let's pray. Father, thank you for, once again, for letting us come here this morning, Lord, and gather together and encourage each other and, Lord, to be convicted and be encouraged. And, Lord, just pray that you would just work in us and through us, Lord, and that you would be with us as we go out into the world, Lord, that we would live godly and holy lives before the people we come across, Lord. That we would share Jesus with them, Lord. That our lives would reflect Jesus. And we ask that you would be with us through the rest of the day, Lord. Help us to love each other and care for each other. Lord, most of all, to love you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.